and welcome to episode three of the On The Ward podcast. This episode, we're focusing on art and music and how that can sometimes help our patients in their recovery. Uh, We're very lucky that we've also got some songs from the patients that you'll be able to hear later. So join me as we find out how music helps On The Ward. Joined again by Mel. Hi, John. So, uh, so we're talking about art and creativity, particularly music. Why do you think music is really beneficial to the patients? So, um, it's beneficial in a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, on the type of ward that I work on, a lot of the guys suffer from symptoms of psychosis. So, they may have auditory hallucinations, and they find that listening to music helps drown some of that out um, mm-hmm. and lets them be able to listen to their own thoughts rather than um, these hallucinations that they're experiencing. It's also another way that they're able to express themselves. Mm. So they might find it quite hard to just verbalise that they're upset or they're angry, but finding a song that says them says that for them... Because um, some of the things they have, you can't explain. So it's really hard. Some of the stuff they experience is just so out there that they couldn't really put it into words. No. Maybe they could put it down in music, perhaps. Definitely. Um, just recently we had a patient on the ward who's now moved on to his local services, but um, music was a huge part of his recovery. Um, most of the time he would spend the day in his room, but he would only ever really come out to do something towards his music. So is it a therapy then? That's the question. So does it count as like a therapy session if you're doing music? Definitely. I think anything that allows someone to express themselves hmm. is a form of therapy. And we talk there about uh, recovery. Mm-hmm. So what is the t- why do we use the term recovery? If, once again, we just think about the type of people we're working with, mm. they are here under section. So for recovery for them mm. would be when they're deemed to no longer be a risk to themselves or others. So it doesn't mean they're completely cured of all symptoms mm. or you know that diagnosis is wiped from them completely. It just mm. means that they don't need to be here anymore. And I suppose it's unrealistic to think that we're going to cure all the patients and yeah because our, our job really is to get them well enough they like you said go and join back into society and back in the community mm-hmm. and music is a big part of that huge part of it yeah so uh so you, we talked about them creating music very important what about listening to music also important on my ward you can walk on there any time of the day and mm-hmm. someone will have the tv in the communal areas blasting out the songs and quite interestingly, they don't really seem to watch TV, but um, music is something they always seem to listen to. And again, I suppose you, you, you could argue that you're saying some of them hear voices, mm-hmm. auditory hallucinations, and maybe it's helping kind of the block out that a little bit. Definitely, yeah. yeah. We, had, we had a patient who said that uh, he described his voice as a little bit like a radio. Mm-hmm. So like a radio in another room, and the static was turned up. And when his voice got really bad, he couldn't concentrate on anything else because all he could hear was the voices. Um, but with medication and treatment and things, it was just like turning the volume down. So they're always there, yes. the voices, but sometimes they're a little bit less intrusive. And music definitely helps. And out of all the patients I've come into contact with, music's the one thing they all seem to have in common. They can all sit down together and listen to a song while they're eating dinner. They can talk about different artists. Um, they can appreciate someone else's music. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's just something that always seems to bring them together. So the, the patients we're going to be interviewing for this episode are based on the female ward. So yeah. we have male and female wards. Um, so w- what might be the slight differences in kind of um, presentation for from male wards to female wards? If you had asked me that question before I started working here, I probably mm. would have said that there wouldn't be much of a difference mm-hmm. and it would ba- mainly be um, diagnosis dependent. Mm. But having since worked here, there is a definite 
clear distinction. Um, I find the women are still struggle with expressing themselves, but are more able to tell you when there is something going on. So they might be able to not be able to tell you exactly that, oh, this is on my mind, but you either see them crying mm. or staying in bed all day or just behaving quite differently to usual to kind of let you know that something's up. Whereas with the guys, mm. um, they tend to do tend to keep it more to themselves. Yeah. Uh, so that's like a societal thing where yeah. men keep it inside and the women kind of verbalise it. And, then, and obviously then the men, not all the time, but sometimes it will um, manifest itself in violence or aggression or things yeah, like that. Yeah, they usually kick a bin, bin or two. Yeah. Um, so uh, how do you cross that boundary then? How do you get them to start talking? I think the main thing is just time mm. and building up relationships yeah. um that is the same that no matter which ward you work on that's what you need to be trying to achieve so the patient that we've got has been diagnosed with personality disorder mm-hmm. what would be the main differences i suppose so personality disorder as opposed to schizophrenia or psychosis so i guess one of the main differences is with schizophrenia it um might be a more short-term issue so you might have a really bad patch for a couple of months, mm. maybe a year, but then it will die down a bit and you should be able to help manage the symptoms with medication a lot easier. Mm. Whereas with personality disorder, it's a lot more salient. So these are characteristics that people have built up over the year. So it's a lot harder to have people unlearn those coping strategies. So yeah. for example, um, on the personality disorder wards, mm. self-harm is a lot more prevalent than yeah. on any of the mental health disorder wards mm. and that is just because that that is a coping mechanism that mm. they have built up over the years and mm. yeah to try and tell someone that there's other ways when that has been working for them well like yeah, i mean it's it's, it's it's a way of coping i mean yeah. we, we would say it's a negative way but i mean that's, they, that's it's definitely better, better alternatives yeah, yeah but, but, they, but they them, would say that that's what i'm used to and that's yeah. what i've um, used in the past to cope interestingly the music which hopefully we're going to hear for this episode um the patients with the more psychotic symptoms tend to have music that's a little bit more uh outside the box yeah should we say whereas the patients with personality disorder and uh, their music is a little bit more melancholic mm. all right Mel. well listen we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk to one of the patients then we're gonna talk to the brilliant music teacher that we have here yeah sounds great thanks john thanks Mel. So just a word on the patient audio. Unfortunately, the audio quality is not the best. Uh, we are recording in like a working hospital, so sometimes you know, we don't have time to set up all the equipment and get the audio levels set. We just have to record on the fly. Uh, but the patient was really brave and said some really important things. So I thought it was really essential that we got to hear her voice. So although the audio is not good, I still think it's a good interview. Uh, and here's the patient. So how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm doing fine. And uh, you mentioned that before we started that you've been on the ward quite a long time. Yeah, I've been there six months. Right, and what have you been doing in that six months? Uh, talking with different OTs and yeah. having sessions specifically with the music OT. Yes, and so hopefully the next interview we're going to be interviewing Val, who's one of the music TIs here. Yeah. And has she helped you on...? Yeah, she's helped me loads, just learning how to put my lyrics down in a positive way rather than taking my anger out in more negative patterns that I have done before. Yeah, so, so you find the music is always helping you in your recovery a bit? Yeah, definitely. That's definitely... I've done, I think, about 27 songs since I've been here. Wow, 27, that's like a triple album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was hoping maybe we could hear one of your songs on, on this, we could record it 
uh, and maybe play it at the end of the interview. Would that be alright? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, do you know what song you might have in mind? Probably or? Game Changer. Okay, Game Changer. What does that mean? It was a stage in my recovery where I went from being really negative about everything and all my lyrics being quite sort of self-absorbed to suddenly realising, now I can actually get better, I'm getting there, I can do something with what I've got. Wow, that's amazing. So the song was almost reflecting your mood a little bit. All the songs reflect my mood. Yeah. And that one just sticks out the most because it's, it's quite catchy. Um, it literally just said how I feel in a positive aspect. It was the first positive song I wrote. So you were saying most of your songs would be negative or were negative? Yeah. That was the first one you thought was a bit more. Yeah, a lot of them were angry, very angry, and then this one was completely a, a different state of mind. Just changed yeah. how I felt. So it could be a number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so music is important to you anyway, not just recording, but just music generally. Generally, isn't it? yeah. And why do you think it's important to you? It's mood. It helps my mood. Uplifts me. Just like listen to different messages people put across. I just find it relaxing. Mm, so it can relax you? Yeah. Does it ever help with like, your mood, so sometimes you might be in a bad mood or a good mood? Yeah, I just put on a bit of greater shaman or something. <laughs> this is me? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's true. And, and I do look a bit like Hugh Jackman, so... So, but you're saying you, you enjoy music and you're recording it and making it. Yeah. And that's kind of helped you uh, get better, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. So could you talk a little bit about that, what you were like when you first came in, so you worked very well? Um very angry, just not very nice to myself. I was constantly getting myself in trouble. Um, had quite a few instances, um, self-harmed a lot. But now, through like listening to my music and through having discussions with different staff, I'm completely the opposite. Like I'll go to a staff member and explain how I feel, or I'll cry and actually let my emotions out rather than self-harming. So you think before, Potentially you were kind of bottom up a little bit, yeah. or maybe you weren't as confident to talk to people about it. Yeah, maybe. definitely. But now you kind of feel that you've had a bit of therapy and you feel like you can talk to people. Yeah. So you, you've been here about six months. Yeah. And you're hoping that you're going to be going soon. Yeah, hopefully to a PD rehab. Yeah, but hopefully you want to finish the album first. Yeah. Or is it finished? Well, I think I've got about three songs left to record, but then they've all got to be mixed properly. And then hopefully that'll be it. So can I ask you, like, have you been to any other uh, places where they've had recording studios or anything like no, that? No, never, because I've always been in the NHS hospitals. Right. And maybe... And they don't have that. But I play guitar, so I've always gone into hospital and had my guitar brought in. So I've played yeah. guitar and that's how I've relaxed myself yeah. in those circumstances. Because obviously some hospitals you go to, uh, if they're worried about risk and things like that, might not only have the guitar. Yeah. Because it might be... You know, it could be dangerous and things like that. So, what do you do when you can't have guitar? It's really frustrating. Isn't it? Just listen to my MP3 player. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I've been allowed guitar here. Mm. So, when I'm not writing with Val or having sessions, then I'll do my own stuff in my room. You kind of practice guitar. Yeah. And that keeps you busy as well. Yeah. That's good. You can waste hours. Yeah. And so, uh, so music's been very important. Have you done any other kind of therapies when you've been here? Um. Yeah, I was with one OT that used to come see me every day yeah. when I was first here because I was so ill that I didn't interact properly and I struggled. So we used to just go walking or play some sports in the sports hall. Is that uh, George? George, yeah. Yeah, she's very good, yeah. So she's, she goes with uh, 
patients that are particularly um, unwell. Yeah. And it gives them kind of one-to-one. Yeah. So I did baking with her, like all sorts of things. You didn't bake any cakes today, did you? No. <laughs> but no, but it's good that so you had that one-to-one support yeah. for a beer. Yeah, karaoke, sports, and Glenn does sports as well. He's really good. I do quite a lot with him. That's probably another reason why I've got to where I am as well, because I've had the, like, support of him. So when I get really angry, instead of, like, self-harming, I'll go and have a boxing session. It's okay to be a bit of anger, isn't it? Because that's normal, but it's just how you kind of... It's how you cope with it, yeah. Yeah. And you say maybe in the past you found negative ways to cope with it, but now you're learning ways to cope with it better yeah don't get i get frustrated especially yeah. being here six months it's time for me to move on yes but now i'll go to staff and find they'll find ways of helping me to get through that yeah. period of like time yeah and so you, you've learned ways to cope with it whereas maybe when you're outside you, you, you just couldn't learn how to cope with it or... no i like i didn't i didn't realize either that because i do this emotional skills group as well and that teaches you loads of skills about emotional regulation distress tolerance and so you learn eight skills over two weeks and they're all basically about how to control yourself in different situations or how to ask for something yeah or like basically to stop you from getting to the point of self-harm you look at like say for example wise mind skill it's having two different sides of the brain so you've got like your unreasonable mind then your emotional mind and one you get really angry and it's all to do with feelings and you're quite hot-headed the other one is all to do with planning and task-focused ideas and you marry them together and find Mm. out what your wise mind is Right, so a bit of both. So a bit of both, yeah. yeah. So you, rather than being all in one mind where you're going to be driven by just planning and not have any time for yourself or you're going to be really angry or really sad and keep yourself yeah. away from other people. So you kind of look at the We two. need a bit of both. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. So you've learned that when you were here, that's great. Yeah, that's really, yeah. And uh, so, you know, um, other people, so people outside of the hospital. Yeah. What do you think their impression of the hospital is? My mum yeah. is like she thinks it's done wonders for me yeah. because of what I was like before and because I've been in and out of hospital for a few years now mm. she's like if you hadn't come here you would have been in hospital again anyway so the fact I've been here six months she doesn't really mind because it's helped me improve yeah and so it's hard skills. to be in for a long time but if it stops you coming in more frequently then maybe it's kind of yeah time. that's why hopefully a long-term rehab yeah is the next best place for me so I can learn a few more skills, DBT skills, yeah. and then won't end up back in hospital again. Yeah. And what do you think about um, so members of the public? What do, you, what do you think they think happens in a place like this? I don't think they understand what it's about. Yeah. I think a lot of them think you're just locked up mm. and you don't get help and you're crazy. And yeah, you hear about a lot of that. You know, people think that. Um, hospitals for the people in straitjackets and kind of confined to their rooms and kind of negative views really. Yeah. Uh, but then again I suppose they haven't experienced it so they don't know what it's like. Yeah they haven't got a clue what it's like. It's mm. not like that at all. It's especially here everyone is there to give you the best care so that you can get out into the community again and mm. live a normal wherever normal is life. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's brilliant. We're going to wrap that up because I think they want the room. But so you're saying, what's the name of the track again? Game Changer. Game Changer. Okay, well, thank you.
Okay, hi. So we're back. Hello. And we're back again with Val, the music teacher. How are you getting on? Yeah, all right. Thanks. So we're going to listen to Flower Power. So tell me about this song. Who recorded it and, and what was their kind of process of making this song? Flower Power was an interesting song that's been recorded a few months ago from one hmm. of our patients. Um, the way you record song is through a PlayStation game. Right. Where it basically is several different samples, like three-second samples of... Hmm. A random sound and if you put them together in a certain order it comes up with a little melody right and then if that melody you layer up with different other melodies it actually creates a whole song yeah. so you have the rhythm percussive element of the drums so you have the beat then you have kind of a pad sound for longer notes so you can put the singing on it mm. and it takes ages apparently. i was gonna say there's a lot of things yeah. to remember and a lot of things to do so how yeah. did you manage to concentrate on all that you know well i saw him in action and mm. it was pretty easy for him it took me ages to figure out how i could do it because yeah. it's such small sample so you have to have your whole song already in your head just by listening to that sample which i think it's what 
he used to do. So you kind of, so kind of yeah. had an idea and then you just added loads and loads yeah. of layers to it. He was doing really quickly as well. So he clearly knew where the song was supposed to go. And then once he has the music, mm. he just freestyles on it. Right. I think we'll play it and then we'll talk about it after, all right? Sounds okay. Good. So this is Flower Power. Yo, Stallion. Smoke flip trip, look up in palm flower power. Trust it, don't collect dust. Dreaming about the outward for money if I must. Lost thing on my mind. Select to rewind and ominous. I stay cautious about bed, but there's something about dust and product. Dodging them on a bus tactic. Adding up fat handcuffs and mask it. Misconduct. Apps makes the heart go fun. Wanna do a low bond. What do you think about my songs then? Smoke flip trip, look up in palm flower power. Say the streets do evil and so go on. I got player haters on the wrong side of my country. Okay, so that was Flower Power. That was Flower Power. Uh, it's definitely different. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit confusing to the ear. It doesn't sound... Yeah, I know. If you, look, if you listen to it just from the beginning, a few seconds, mm. I personally feel after 20 years of music, my brain is used to it. But no, it's not. Because it takes more than a couple of seconds of listening to figure out where each instrument is going. So you, so even though you've done music for a long time, you're like, I yeah. couldn't, I don't understand what's going on with this. Because normally the brain, listening to mm. pop music or whatever is on the radio, you could kind of predict where the song is going to go, even in terms of actual notes. Yeah. Because you know that is the key of the song. So the options in terms of notes, they're limited. In this case, it's not. So he's so got... Because it sounds... I mean, to it for quite a long time before everything makes sense in the background. Because it kind of is melodic... But it does, it, you're right, in your ear, you think that doesn't sound correct, or doesn't sound right, kind of confuses exactly, you Exactly, yeah. Normally when you listen to a song, even though there's like five different instruments playing, unless you really, really focus on one of them, hmm. they kind of blend together. Hmm. So you can't really tell the bass line unless you really try and focus on it. In his music, everything stands out as if it was a completely different song going on with all the other elements. And so I wonder what... Um, so how, how did that help, I suppose, in his recovery? You know, did, when he was doing his music, how, did he, how was he doing then? Well, he was doing really well mm. because he could focus on the music mm. and he would, would have a couple of leaves planned for the recording and he was really looking forward to it. But I think he wrote the whole thing within a couple of weeks and that is a whole album of, I think, 20 songs. Wow. And they're all like three-minute songs. Yeah. So there's a lot of words to it. The lyrics quite... Yeah, yeah. And, well. and like I said, the stuff he's coming out was really um, a bit out there, but I suppose that's part of his um, way of expressing himself. Mm-hmm. Even in terms of recording the vocals, mm. when we did the recording session, he recorded three different things. So we did three takes for each song. The topic was the same. But all different lyrics? Yeah. Wow, unbelievable. On the spot. Just come up with them, freestyling. Yeah. Because uh, some of his lyrics are uh, kind of describe his illness a little bit. He talks about yeah. um, voices and, and things telling him and what to do. And yeah, he's like very honest about what he's talking about. Mm. And I think the good thing about it is because it's a rap, you have more space to add to it. Mm. It's not like the usual structure of a song, like four sentences for a verse, four sentences for a chorus. It's, yeah, take, so, this is the amount of time you have, quite fast speaking as well. Yeah. So if you just read the, lyric, read the lyrics, is quite interesting the amount yeah. of things you can figure out from the songs and I wonder for, for him particularly it, it might have been 
because I, I nursed him as well. It's, it's easier for him to express it in music sometimes than it is for him to say it verbally. Yeah. So sometimes he may not be able to express or articulate what he's feeling, but mm. he can do it in the music. Yeah. Which is really, um, I suppose that's what music's for, right? Yeah, it all sort of comes out as a flow. Yeah. He said when you're talking to him without the music, you kind of have to take the words out of him a little bit. Mm. He said with the you know the topic, and he was just doing three different versions, and they were all kind of not similar in terms of words, but yeah, he's still talking about the same thing. It might be a slightly different point of view, yeah. but we're still on the same topic, so clearly he had much more to say on that topic than the three-minute song. He couldn't fit it all in in one song? Mm. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so that, that's one kind of example of yes. the music we have. So that, that's kind of very, uh, what's the word, um, different and kind of out there but Game Changer is more of a conventional kind of song yeah I would say a pop rock song yeah but with more um, kind of deeper meaning or, or same kind of stuff it's helping the patient kind of express themselves and, uh, and we talked to the patient earlier about this song and it did change her um, kind of outlook and perception and she mm. kind of felt that she got better just writing the song so did, what was the ex- uh, experience of recording the song well this song came to like at a point where the patient was not doing really well mm. But after sitting down and deciding, okay, let's write a new song, which, by the way, she did in like five minutes. So there's something about that. So both of them, you're saying, they kind of just came out of them straight away. Yeah, I mean, the other patient Mm. would do the music as well. Yeah. With this patient, instead, she wrote the lyrics in a structure of actual song, and then we work together to put the melody of the vocals to it. Mm -hmm. And then I will record the music for her. So this sounds like a full, complete song. But she had the lyrics, you're saying, that was... wrote the lyrics I was there was yeah. tuning my guitar it's like there you go wow. <laughs> which was really good who does she mean who's the game changer or what does she mean by that do you think well we had a little chat about it and mm. the game changer I think for her was the moment where she's finally come to terms with the fact that being in hospital right here mm. right now in this mm. point of her life was just a little blip mm. before that song she was more into a mindset of that's it I have no hope this is going to be my whole life but mm. She needed to get to that point on her own. I mean, yeah. as staff members, we can say to them all the time, look, no, this is just for a bit. Mm. You need hope to get out of here. You need to make mm. your project. You know, go have a house for yourself, get mm. a puppy. You know, things that everyone would do in their own life. Yeah. But while she was writing this song, she wasn't doing so great. Yeah. And then she kind of clicked into her head. Mm. Yeah, okay, that's true what you guys have been saying. That was a blip. Yeah. That is my game changer. After this song she can concentrate on other things. It's no mm. longer about me and my pain. It's mm. about relationships. She's written songs about relationships with other people, how that has affected her mental health. But you're saying she couldn't do that before. She was more no, just was concentrating on one... was very locked in her own yeah. little bubble of mm. this is what's happening to me, this is how I'm, how I'm feeling, mm. it's going to be like this forever, I don't have any hope, you know. Now, I suppose we're, we're not saying that... Um all we need for anybody with mental illness is just get them to write a song <laughs> and they'll yeah. be instantly better. I don't think that's correct. Some but but it does help. Have, I think yeah. that's, the, that's the big thing. Is that it might not be the, the main thing, or, but it's definitely a, something that helps them. Um, that is brilliant. I enjoyed our chat, Val. I can't keep it too long because you're very busy. You've probably got someone else yep. today to go and record another song with. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's really interesting to hear you talk about music and thank you very much for uh, speaking with me. Thank you. So that was the music episode of On The Ward. Uh, I thought the music episode was really important. The kind of stuff that the patients were saying was um, how music has been so important to their recovery, but also to their life. Uh, The next episode we're going to do is going to be about moving on. 
so how the patients move on from the hospital and where they go. Uh, if you're liking the podcast, could you do me a favour and please subscribe, uh, leave a rating, and also leave a comment if you can. And hopefully more people can come with us in kind of demystifying the ward and helping to break a bit of the stigma. Okay, see you next time. Mm-hmm.